a pleasant Sunday, brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, uh, we continue in the book of Psalms. And the title of my message is The Reason to be Thankful. And it's such a difficult message to preach, brothers and sisters, because of all the bad news that we see day after day. Um, seldom do we have a break like Olympic wins. It's always about death, illness, political problems, wars. And so with all the bad news around us, how can we continue to have a grateful heart amidst difficult circumstances? Because Christians must develop thankfulness by constantly remembering God's work of creation and God's plan of salvation as clear evidences of His unconditional love for you and me. And so in Psalm chapter 136, this is a, uh, often used as a responsive reading with uh, the second phrase repeatedly saying, His steadfast love endures forever. And the psalmist enumerates at least 26 things that we must uh, have, that helps us to understand further how His steadfast love endures forever and ever from the work of creation and the work of uh, salvation in the history of Israel. And so our passage is in Psalm 136, so I'd like you to have your Bibles continually open as we study this passage, but let's commit this time to the Lord. Heavenly Father, with all the bad news uh, we hear day after day, whether it's uh, about us or about our government or about our society or the situation around the world, help us, O oh God, to look to you and to learn how to depend on you, trust on you, and declare uh, not only with our lips, but also believe in our heart that indeed your steadfast love endures forever. May, your, your, uh, may you guide us and inspire us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so the challenge today for you and me is how do we stay thankful amidst this consuming darkness created by the pandemic that we are in? Because there's really... Uh, Families, friends, relatives either getting sick. So many pastors have died through the months. Uh, families uh, need confinement. And so we have uh, all-time high in terms of uh, COVID spread in the Philippines. And so there is really no other time in history where this justice uh, consuming darkness that really overwhelms us, that even happy people and optimistic People like me have bouts of anxiety and depression. So do, can we really wake up every morning with an expectant heart and say, thank you, Lord, for another day? Or is it uh, a day where you ask, Lord, where are you in the darkness? Have you forsaken us once again? And so the psalmist wants us to respond to these challenges by understanding the truth in Psalm 136, which is that Christians must develop thankfulness in their heart by constantly remembering God's work of creation and His plan of salvation, that there are clear evidences that His love endures indeed forever. His love endures forever. Now, let me tell a story about this father who really wanted to teach his son a lesson on being thankful. And so he thought, we are so affluent, he has a good life, why don't we go to the suburbs and uh, let my son see how poor people live so that he grow a little gratefulness 
in his heart. So they spent a couple of days in a farm where there is a poor family, there's no electricity, the life was a bit difficult. And on the return trip, the father asked his son, how do you find the trip, expecting that his son has learned his lesson well? And so this is the response of the son. It was really a great trip, dad. And the dad asked, did you see how the poor people live? Yes, said the son. So tell me, what did you learn from the trip? And so this is the reply of the young boy. He said, well, I saw that we have one dog in our mansion, but this farmer had four dogs. And we have a pool uh, that reaches the middle of our garden, but they have a creek that is endless and beautiful with all nature surrounding it. We have important lanterns from overseas in our garden, but they have the stars at night covering their sky. Our patio reaches the front yard, but they have the whole horizon on view. We have this small piece of land where our house is set, but they have fields that just uh, has no end. And so, we have servants serving us, but they, they serve others. We buy our food, they grow their own. We have a fence to protect us, but they have friends to protect them. No need fences. And so the boy's father was awestruck because not only did his son learn his lesson, but he also needed to learn his lesson. So the, dad, the son said to the dad, Dad, thank you for showing me this week how poor we are compared to them. And so this child's perspective was amazing because he was able to see through the eyes of a poor person so many blessings around him that we often take for granted. And so it is with Psalm 136. It is reminding us that there is this reason to be always thankful despite the hard circumstances of life because covid or no covid our life will be full of challenges this is the result of sin and the question now is has the gospel profoundly made an impact in my life enough for me to always see the grace and love of god in every season of life in every circumstance in every challenge in any situation Christians are to develop thankfulness by constantly remembering God's work of creation and His work of salvation, and they are both clear evidences that God's unconditional love for us is true. Now, um, a little background about our, our passage for today. Well, first of all, you see, being thankful in life is a bit countercultural then, and it's also quite countercultural now. You always see a complaint desk in a workplace, but never an appreciation desk. And even if you put both desks, you will always see people having complaints left and right, but seldom appreciate what they have. Because we have this sense of entitlement that we deserve to get things, that we have to get the best out of our money. And so we have this tendency, employees complain about their boss, boss complain about their employees, okay? Parents complain about their children, children complain about their parents. And so it happens 
everywhere. We are just people who love to complain. And we don't see the good things that we have. We do not have a grateful heart. That's not normal. And so it is in the book of uh, Exodus, right? Because after the great deliverance of the people of Israel from the hand of Pharaoh in Egypt, when they were walking through the wilderness, all we see is them complaining left and right. We have no enough food. We are weary. We are tired. We need this and that. They keep complaining about different things to Moses. And so grumbling is when we keep complaining to God about God and about what he did. We do not really know what, uh, what, wh- why, how to appreciate what God has already done. And so that is a constant problem in the Old Testament. Despite receiving so much from God, all God receives is complaint. But that's not the case only in the Old Testament. It's also the same in the New Testament. Remember, Jesus healed 10 lepers. And these 10 people were outcasts of society. They were separated from family because they're considered unclean. They were uh, people who are isolated from society. And they're also not able to worship in the temple because they're unclean. And so they were in the worst state of their life. But after Jesus heals these 10, the story goes that only one came back to say thank you. There are nine. They just went their own way and enjoyed what they have without giving thanks. And even today, you will see people complain. No, I was in queue at the vaccination site. Instead of thank, being thankful that we have pre-vaccination, all my sitsmates keep complaining left and right. Okay, because of the uh, queue, because of the, uh, the time, because of this and that, complain, complain, complain. So what is Psalm 136 saying to the people of Israel? Right, when Israel thought that they were called for greatness as the people of God, that they will rule over the world, that they are, you know, selected, only they are the special people of God, selected with a purpose, we have to understand they are rather called not for greatness, but for gratefulness. Because they are not selected by God because they are such a good, obedient people or a good race of people or intelligent or beautiful, they are called by God because of God's love and mercy. Because he wanted to save the entire world through this one nation. right? And so it's a privilege rather than an entitlement. So they're really called to be Grateful, And so one, Psalm 136 is a liturgy of praise, right? 26 things from creation and from the history of in Exodus where there's this constant flame. This shows us his steadfast love endures forever for 26 times. His steadfast love endures forever. This is another statement. His steadfast love endures forever for 26 times. Time. So it starts and it closes with a call to give thanks to God. And each verse, why? And the foundational truth repeated here is His steadfast love endures forever. His steadfast love endures forever. Again, it says, it describes God's love as steadfast and enduring. What does steadfast mean? It means that God's love is long suffering meaning it doesn't give up it just goes and goes 
it doesn't hold back. It doesn't choose. He just pours out that long-suffering, patient love, whoever you are, wherever you're from, whatever your status in life, whatever you've done. God's love is steadfast. It doesn't change like shifting shadows. Not only does it not change like shifting shadows, it says it endures forever. It's long-lasting. It's not from now and then forever. It's from eternity to eternity. God's love is just long-lasting. It just goes on and on without end. That's God's capacity of showing love to us. His steadfast love endures forever. Now, why is this important for these ungrateful people of Israel to think and believe? And why is this truth important for you and I to think and believe? Have we understood really how God's love is steadfast and enduring, long-suffering, and long-lasting? How will it affect your outlook as a follower of Jesus with the reality of suffering, pain, calamity, sadness, and COVID-19? Yes, as Christians, we are to remember God's love. How? By thinking of God's work in creation and His work in salvation. These are evidences of His unconditional love for you and me. And this is the message of the book of Psalms chapter 136. Okay, story goes that a man went to a post office desk and because uh, he was working, sorry, he was writing at the post office desk for his own postcard that he's sending and an elderly man came by and asked for help. So he asked, young fellow, can you help me write the address in the postcard, please? Because maybe his eyesight or, you know, he cannot hold a pen well. And so he said, okay, I'll gladly do it for you. And so he agreed to write a short message also on the postcard of this elderly man for him. And even help him sign his name. So in other words, this young man serviced this elderly man. What a wonderful thing. <laughs> and finally, after finishing writing the address to who the message has dictated and the name, so the young man asked the older man, now is anything else I can do for you? So the old fellow thought about it for a minute. Well, can you write a PS? Right there, please excuse me for the sloppy handwriting. Okay? So imagine that. Instead of being thankful that he found this young man to write, for him, he was thinking all the while, what ugly handwriting this young man have. And that's sometimes our attitude towards God. You know, we have a series of things we have to be thankful for, to count our blessings left and right, His provision daily of food on our table, our health, our family, you know, um, we're up, a place to live, clothes to wear. God's provision is unending. He also gave us salvation and all. And yet, when we have difficulties and trials, we complain. We say, God, why have you forgotten me? We start to doubt that he is loving. And so, do we give God the same attitude? Lord, it's not enough. Lord, it's not enough. What does it reveal about our understanding of the God we serve? And so, the psalmist is saying, 
these are evidences. His steadfast love endures forever. We see this, first of all, in creation, right? In creation. And so Psalm 136, verse 4 to 9 says, To him alone does great wonders. His love endures forever, right? To him who understand, by understanding made the heavens, his love endures, his steadfast love endures forever. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, his steadfast love endures forever. To him who made the great lands, his steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule over the day, his steadfast love endures forever. The moon and stars to rule over the night, his steadfast love endures forever. He who gives food to all flesh, his steadfast love endures forever. What does looking at creation teach us about being thankful? Well, creation shows us that God is loving and faithful. Not only was he the creator of everything, he is also the sustainer of all things. So he asks us to begin with, oh, God has did, did wonderful works. Wow, everything was done by God. You know, sometimes I go up a mountaintop and look down and see the canvas of God's creation and I'm so awestruck. But take a perspective of God, seeing all that he's created, the constellations, the moon, the stars, the earth, all of creation, and he says, it's very good. It's very, very good. Such a magnificent, awesome, and powerful God who created all things also sustains all things because the sun rises and comes down because God allows it. He makes it happen. Okay, we have air to breathe every day because God makes it happen. We have food to eat every day because God makes it happen. He sustains all creation. He holds up the stars in the sky. You know, He separates the land and the waters. And so this psalm resonates again with Genesis chapter 1 and we see the mighty hand of God creating but not only is he creating he is also sustaining all creations. Right? And so this is God's infinite power, wisdom and purpose at work in creation. And you know what? The same God who created all these things and sustains all these things is also your creator. It's also your sustainer. And I remember how Jesus talked about the lilies in the field. They neither toil nor spin, but they are clothed even better than, uh, than people robed in Solomon's time. The birds in the air, they neither toil, but they always have food to eat. And Jesus says, how much more you how much more you will God not provide for all you need? Do not worry about what you need to wear or eat or drink because God knows you need this and he will provide for you. Now we have to be thankful indeed in our heart as we look at creation, as we look at how God is the creator and sustainer of our lives because he is enough. Right? He is the one who will stand with us and be with us for all eternity. Yes, you and I must develop a thankful heart, 
as Christians by remember God's work of creation. But not only that, we also need to look at His plan of salvation. His plan of salvation. No? So when we look at the heroes of the past, yesteryears, and present, each country will have their set of people that they admire or look up to, great heroes, like in the Philippines, Jose Rizal, the pen is mightier than the sword, right? Andres Bonifacio, he's really the general fighting against uh, oppression. And even like people like Apollinario Mabini, we have modern-day heroes as well. Each of them carried a set of ideals that they strived hard for, they fought hard for, and they brought about change from a nation. They brought about freedom from oppression. And uh, when I was in a trip to Europe uh, once, I was uh, standing at the train station in Prague, and there was this uh, statue of a man. And I was wondering why suddenly there's a bronze statue in the middle of a train station. And it was uh, strange, right? Do you see ever a bronze statue in the middle of a train station in uh, the Philippines, in the LRT? That's strange, but there is a reason that statue was there, and it was to recognize the contribution of a certain Sir Nicholas Winton. Now, this Sir Nicholas Winton uh, worked with relief organizations and set up what we call the Czech Republic Kinder Transport. Now, Miss Sir Nicholas Winter was also known as the British Schindler, right? So he uh, amazingly rescued 669 children, Jew, Jews who were living in the Czech Republic, who were being brought to the Nazi concentration camps, right? And this was during World War II, during the Holocaust from Czechoslovakia, okay? The reluctant hero work to find British families who will pay up 50 pounds to ship a child, okay, to rescue a child and adopt them. And so, girls and boys, one after another, were secretly uh, sent through the train, okay, to go to their new home in Britain. All of them said goodbye and saw their parents for the very last time, and that's it. But you know, Sir Nicholas Winton was a humble man, and his work was not known for more than 50 years, what he has done, until some people found records in their attics of how they were adopted. And they were surprised of these records and all the pictures and also the transport notice signed by Sir Nicholas Winton. And so more than 370 of those 600 plus children were traced. And they didn't even know what happened because they were relatively young when that situation happened. Winton's rescue operation was not known publicly until 1988. And he appeared on a television show that's life and had a surprise reunion because he didn't know that the entire audience were from the children he rescued during the Holocaust. Such a wonderful man who secretly saved so many children during the Holocaust being honored. And you can uh, search it in YouTube, Sir Nicholas Winton, and you will be teary-eyed watching this historic 
reunion. And he never asked for a thank you. He never asked to be recognized. He just did what he felt was needed during that time. And uh, the funny thing is he rescued children, but all of these people are now grandparents. When During the reunion, they were all old and gray. But God is on a much higher category altogether than Sir Nicholas Winton or all our heroes put together. Why? Because when God staged a rescue mission, it was for a global scope. When God staged a rescue mission, it lasted for several thousand of years. When God staged a record rescue mission, it was not just for a few people, for a momentary situation. Its impact will last for all eternity. And when God staged that rescue mission, He sacrificed His very own Son for you and me. Is there a reason to be thankful for God's works of salvation that shows us His love for us? Yes. So as Christians, we are to develop thankfulness by constantly remembering God's work of creation and His plan of salvation because there are, these are clear evidences of His unconditional love for us. And so the psalmist was telling the people of Israel, remember, He rescued His people. Right? And he did it with such an amazing deliverance from the, uh, Egypt, okay, from Pharaoh. Right? And we see so many things happen there. The ten plagues, uh, the confrontation between the pro, uh, Moses and the magicians of Pharaoh's court, and many, many more. And so it's an amazing story of what God did to rescue people out of slavery from Egypt. And so these are some of the passages there, right? First is that he struck down the firstborn of Egypt, verse 10. Verse 12, with a strong hand and an outstretched arm, he divided the Red Sea. And he made Israel pass through in the midst of it. This is how God rescued his people, right? He did marvelous things great wonders so that he can bring these people and uh, from slavery into the promised land. But it is the same for us today because also God rescued us. And this is the amazing story of Jesus. That's why we call it the gospel because in John 3, 16, it says, God so loved the world and he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life and that's for you and i jesus was sent to the cross die and so that we will now be receiving the gift of eternal life he has opened a way for salvation for you and i a reason to be thankful not only did he open a way of salvation for us with his mighty rescue with his outstretched arm but he also destroyed all of israel's enemies and we see this that in the book of Exodus, there was no battle, but the enemies, Pharaoh's armies were defeated, a world power during that time without even a fight, right? And so this is in uh, verse 11, right? Verse 11 onwards. And he brought Israel out from among them. Verse 15, he overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea. 17, to him who struck down great kings and killed mighty kings, Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan. 
So not only did God deliver them from the mighty hand of Pharaoh and his people by enveloping them in the Red Sea, he also struck down, struck down kings uh, who fought against them on later times. So God's continuous deliverance of the nation of Israel is a sign that his steadfast love endures forever. And so with us, Jesus on the cross has for us conquered sin and death. He has conquered sin and death on the cross. And so we have received victory and that is another reason for us to be thankful. Jesus opened a way of salvation for you and me today. Jesus has also given us victory over sin and death for all those who believe in him. Not only that, but he also guided the nation of Israel. In verse 14 and 16, it says, He made Israel pass through the midst of it, led the people uh, to him who led his people through the wilderness. His love endures forever. So God provided guidance for Moses through the burning bush, through the process of uh, convincing Pharaoh, and later on they were guided by the pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. And God's constant guidance was with Moses and the people through and through. And in our time, in our day, as followers of Jesus, we are given a guaranteed deposit, the Holy Spirit. He is called our counselor and he will be our guide. So not only have Jesus opened the way of salvation for you and I, not only did he defeat sin and death, but also has given us a counselor also today to be our guide in life, to live a life that glorifies him. And finally, in the book of uh, Psalm 139, the psalmist reminds them that he has brought them home to the promised line land right so the fulfillment of the abrahamic promise that they will be in their own land in canaan okay the blessing and descendants as numerous as stars in the sky and the sand on uh and the sand on the uh on the seashore now these are all fulfillments of god's threefold promise he has brought them home and so it's verse 21 he gave their land as a heritage a heritage to israel his servant his steadfast love endures forever. It's to be said with such conviction, with such joy, because God has done great things for the nation of Israel to rescue and deliver them. Therefore, it's sure evidence His love endures forever from generation to generation. And so we also will be brought home one day. We're already today citizens of the kingdom of heaven we are strangers and aliens in this land jesus has gone first to his eternal kingdom to prepare a place for you and me he has given us the gift of eternal life a place in his kingdom and so this is what we can be thankful for not only is god sustainer and creator of you and i he also worked out our salvation he rescued us. He defeated our enemy of sin and death. Yes, and he has been doing great things for you and I in our lives, and we can be extremely grateful today. Because Christians can develop a thankfulness by constantly remembering God's work of creation 
and His plan of salvation. These are evidences of His unconditional love for us. And when we keep forgetting that God loves us, look at the cross where Christ died. Look at the manger where He was born. Okay, look at that open tomb where He resurrected. And those are all statements that indeed God's unconditional love is true. It is long-suffering and long-lasting. It is steadfast and it endures forever. And this is what we can hold on to. And I love this story that was given by uh, Tony Campola. She, uh, he talked about Elizabeth Ballard who talked about another person, Miss Jean Thompson. And this uh, story is about one's impact in another's life. And so the story goes that this teacher, Miss Thompson, each September upon the opening school, he will, she will meet her students and announce to class, boys and girls, I love all of you the same way I have no favorites. Of course, she was not being honest because teachers do have favorites and teachers also, they have students they really dislike or struggle with. And Teddy Stallard was not a boy to like for a good reason. This boy was always sullen, bored in class. He slouched as he seat. His head was always down. When she spoke to him, it was just only a yes, unwilling yes or no. His clothes were musty, amag. His hair was unkempt. He was an unattractive boy in every way. And so whenever she marked Teddy's papers, right, she found some delight putting excess on all her, his wrong answers and even a big F with flair. She should have known better. As she read the teacher's record of Teddy from the past, she realized the story behind Teddy. Grade 1, Teddy shows promise with his work and attitude but he has a problematic home situation. Second grade, the teacher wrote, Teddy is a good boy, but he is too serious for a second grader. His mom is terminally ill. Third grade, Teddy is becoming withdrawn and detached. His mother died this year, grade three, and his father has not been showing interest to help Teddy. Fourth grade, Teddy is a troubled child, and he needs help. And now in her grade five class. This is the Teddy she disliked. Christmas came. The children brought presents to Miss Thompson and piled them on their desk. They crowded around her to watch her open those gifts. And all presents were wrapped in brightly colored paper, except for Teddy. It was just a brown paper with tape held together. But to tell the truth, she was surprised that Teddy even brought her a present. And when she tore open that uh, brown paper, out fell a rhinestone bracelet with many stones missing, bungi bungi, and almost this empty bottle of cheap perfume. The other children giggled at the shabby, strange gifts. But Miss Thompson had enough sense to snap on the bracelet on her, hair, uh, on her uh, wrist and take some of the perfume out on that almost empty bottle. She held her wrist up and the other children, and she said, isn't this lovely children? 
and the children took her cue and all agreed. At the end of that day, all the children left and Teddy stayed to come over to her desk and said, Miss Thompson, all day today, you smelled just like my mom. And that's her bracelet you are wearing. It looks nice on you. I'm very glad you like my presence. And after he left, she got down on her knees, buried her head in her hands, and cried. And she asked God for forgiveness. And the next day came a different Miss Thompson to class. Today she was a new teacher. She cared in ways the old teacher Miss Thompson never cared. She reached out in ways she didn't before. She especially reached out to Teddy. She nurtured him, encouraged him, tutored him when he had extra help. By the end of grade five, Teddy had caught up and even was further way up than some of a few students. Teddy later moved away, and Miss Thompson didn't hear from him for a long time. And one day she received a note in her mailbox saying, Miss Thompson, I'm graduating from high school, and I want you to be the first one to know. Love, Teddy. There was no address. Four years later, another note came. Miss Thompson, I wanted you to know I am the second in my class. The university has not been easy, but I really like it. Love, Teddy. Another four years later, another note. So 12 years has passed, and the note said, Miss Thompson, today I'm Theodore Stollard, medical doctor, and I want you to be the first one to know. I'm getting married on the 27th of July to be exact, and I want you to come and sit where my mother would have sat. Because you are the only family I have now. Dad passed away last year. Love, Teddy. And of course, she went. She sat where Teddy's mother was supposed to sit because she deserved it. <coughs> she was a teacher who did something great for God's kingdom, something great for this young man who is now an amazing, mature adult. Right? And so we see how one person's love and change of heart can transform another person's life. But you know what? God has done even greater things for you and me. He launched the most serious ever rescue mission and paid the highest price, His Son on the cross. And that is the statement, the best ever and only statement we need to ask and answer that question, does God love me? Without a doubt, the cross tells us that He does, unfailingly, with long-suffering. And that is a love that is long-lasting. So let me encourage you, brothers and sisters. We need to learn today so that we can be thankful, first of all, to accept fully God's unconditional love. He loves you and me. Our imperfect picture of love from this world clouds our understanding of God's love, right? Because when parents tell children, I love you only when you are this way, it seems like we have to earn also God's love, but it's not so. He loves us even when we were sinners. Accept that 
And Romans 8, 38 to 39 says, I am sure, Paul says, neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor rulers, nor present things, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And not even COVID-19, let me add that in can separate us from the love of God. And this is true. Whatever circumstances or problems we face, God's love is sure. Second, we have to learn to believe completely in God, who He is, and what He did. As a young person, I really love this sto- the song, Trust His Heart. right? Because it gives me perspective of who God is amidst painful and difficult circumstances in life. Right? God is too wise to be mistaken, too good to be unkind. But when you don't understand, when you don't see his plan, when you can't trace his hand, trust his heart, he is love. And he loves you and me. And that's why in Psalm 136, we are to give thanks to the Lord because he is good. Right? He only does what is good. We are to give thanks to the God of God's we are to give thanks to the Lord of Lords, the God of heaven. He is in control. He's sovereign. He is the highest authority. His plans are perfect, even though we don't always fully understand. Right? Accept God's unconditional A, B. Believe in God's person and work. Third is we have to continue unceasingly with a grateful heart despite the challenges around us. When we are plagued by the many concerns of life, we do not see the hand of God and the grace of God and the love of God beneath all these things. But actually, all of these things are disguises of God's love because He has good intentions towards us and we can count on it. In 1 Thessalonians uh, 5.16, Paul says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Continue with a heart of thanks. Now, it is not unusual for you and I to, grow to, to go through tough times. When we feel everyone has deserted us, we are alone, and maybe even God has deserted us. It is not unusual that we will at times fail, our heart fails, and we don't really seek to honor God with our lives. But there are many of the saving acts that God performed for the people of Israel. Okay, They were done when Israel was hostile or doubting and even grumbling. And so if you're tempted to doubt God's goodness and His love and His grace, then resonate with me again as we look at creation as we look at his plan of salvation his steadfast love endures forever you and i as followers of jesus we are to develop thankfulness by constantly remembering god's work of creation he is my creator and sustainer god's plan of salvation now jesus rescued me delivered me from sin and death and he has a purpose for my life these are all evidences of god's unfailing love 
that we can cling on to during rough times. For nothing can separate you and me from the love of Christ. May this encourage you to pursue Christ, to serve Him passionately, but most important is to pass out this love to others, to pay it forward, to care for another, to be God's presence and love, representatives, ambassadors of Christ during these difficult times. God bless. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you for our reminder of your unfailing love that endures forever and ever, and this is sufficient for us to trust you, to give up our doubt, worries, and fears, so that in this day and moment, we can continue to be thankful unceasingly. Because really, O oh Lord, you deserve all thanks, all praise, glory to your name. Help us to be a people overflowing with thanks, even in the midst of these difficult times, because of who you are and what you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a blessed Sunday, brothers and sisters in Christ.